0: This episode is brought to you by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. Start shaving smarter and say goodbye to your razor bumps with Bevel. Check out getbevel.com today. Use code TAX to get 20% off your first month at getbevel.com. That's G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com. Yo, say hello to the bad guy. Tax season. We back for another epic episode. I'm sitting here with the Paul father, Mr. Chris Morrow.
1: What's up? It's an honor. What's honor going to be on, here.
0: beloved man?
1: Uh, you know, we're here. Uh, today's going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, we're going to be joined later in the show by the one, the only, Russell Simmons. OG Russell Simmons. OG Russell Simmons. Uh, to talk a little veganism.
0: Yeah. The talk on eating green and eating right. You know I've been preaching to y'all a minute now about drinking right and getting the correct amount of natural juices and vegetable sauces, food sauces in your system, you know what I mean? And Russell is going to elaborate on that more later on in the show. You know the book um, Happy Vegan is written by Chris Morrow and Russell Simmons. It's true. So that was why it was definitely intricate to speak to the podfather about this book what could you tell us overall what the
1: about what the book? basis
0: of the book is
1: i mean the book is exactly what it sounds like it's basically russell's case on why everybody should go vegan and you know to give you a little background when we started writing it i was like i can't I got to do something. I, You know, to be perfectly honest, like, I couldn't go full vegan. But, uh, and for those people who don't know, and I guess maybe we're recording this after we already taped the Russell interview, just so everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this was discussed even in the interview because Russell's all over the place, as you'll hear. And he talks about a million different things and goes off on a million different tangents. But, like, I don't think he even really, like, established what is it to be a vegan. What does being a vegan mean? And I think that's one question. That's a question a lot of people might have. So, like, on in the very simplest forms, it means you don't eat any animal products at all. So, that's obvious shit, like fish and meat. Um, but it also means any dairy products, too, or any eggs. So, you can't eat, um, you know, pizza, obviously, even if you got a broccoli pizza because there's dairy, animal product in the pizza. And then it's shit that you wouldn't even think about. I think, you know, like Oreos have... Uh, you know some sort of animal product in them. Mm. Jello is made out of the gelatin, hoo- right? The hooves of horses or something like that. So like if you really take it very strictly, which a lot of vegans do, like you got to make a lot of really pretty serious uh restrictions to your diet. So I didn't want to do that or I wasn't ready to do that. So while we were working on the book, I stopped eating all meat and I just ate uh eggs and fish basically as my animal products. And I kept eating dairy, too. And it wasn't that hard. I mean, granted, I only went, like, halfway down the road, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that hard.
0: So how you doing now?
1: I'm doing fine. I kind of fell off the wagon, but, like, <laughs> I tell people, like, that's more a reflection of my lack of discipline than it is that there's anything wrong with, like, the vegan diet. I mean, you know, so the thing is, like, when I was, when I was working on the book, I had to do a ton of research because we knew that, like, the meat industry is no joke. The the dairy industry is no joke. Yeah. Like, they came for Oprah. Like, when someone is... You know, yeah. <laughs> Oprah anoints presidents. Like, she's as close to being untouchable as anybody is in America. And mm-hmm. when she challenged the beef industry, they tried to hit her over the head. So, mm-hmm. like, Russell was like, yo, we can't just be throwing facts out there. Like, everything has to be on point. We... Every statistic every quote has to be factual because they will come for us Mm -hmm. so i really you know did some very extensive research for the book and the thing is like i think like most people like you kind of if you're being honest with yourself you know that it's fucked up out there you know in your gut no pun intended but like you know that the meat you're eating is shit it's but you don't shit. really want to address that because it's not a fun thing to address. It's shit, man. And But then when you really do the research and you really see what's going on um, in these factory farms and you really see the impact it's having on the environment and on people's health, health you know, like just it's killing people, you know, like. That's one of the things we were talking about, me and Russell, is like, you know, people go fucking apeshit because 20 people die over with Ebola. And, you know, it's going to—there's something out there that's killing people every single—every 36 seconds, I think the statistic is, somebody dies of heart disease in America. Mm-hmm. And heart disease is directly linked to the amount of meat you eat in most cases. You know, stro- I mean, you you could, you could people can just look at their own families, like, how many people do you know in your families that have had strokes or high blood pressure? yeah diabetes heart disease cancer like it's white you know like even on thanksgiving i went home and i was talking to my relatives and my aunt was asking about it and she's like a very conservative she's part of the tea party she's like really in that world and like she took me aside she's like chris i'm really worried about you you're not eating meat i don't think that's a great idea you know like you're that's a bit you know really dangerous and i was like you're crazy and I got a call like three weeks later. She had a heart attack and almost died. And you know, mm. she's in bad shape right now. I mean, she's alive, but I was like, you, "You're worrying about me for not eating meat. Mm-hmm. You're the you got to look at your own diet." Yeah. You know. So it's scary, but it's, there's also good inf- information out there, and um, you know, it's I think it's a lot easier to make that sort of switch in 2016 than it was five years ago, even 10 years ago. Cause there's just more options now too.
0: that shit, man. Happy vegan. Um, is, and you really read it. Yeah. You I read really read, the book. read it. I read the book. That shit is scary. Like when you really read it and you just really just get in tune and just realize the, the facts after facts that they keep telling you. And this shit that you know, common sense, you figure it, you know what I mean? Right. Because in order for them to mass produce all of this shit and, like, you know what I mean, it can't be right, like, you know what I mean? Like, we don't see cows, you know what I mean, every day. There's no way we eating all these cows, man. Like, I think about shit like that. Like, how the fuck are we eating all these burgers and steaks and how is del frisco serving as many steaks a day and
1: it's bad man i mean it's bad on every level because like all these cows the cows are all out in the midwest uh you know their farts literally are helping to destroy the environment and russell talks about the interview so i won't i won't touch on that but like you know like you see people like i'm a father i don't want my kids taking antibiotics unless they have to but if your kids eat meat there's there's no point even worrying about whether they take antibiotics because every piece of that cow has been force fed antibiotics from the day it was born essentially because mm-hmm. they're mass producing these shit. They don't they don't. You got you know seventy thousand cows on a single uh, feedlot. There's not a doctor going around checking every cow to see if it got sick or if it has an infection. They don't give a fuck. They just need that cow to stay alive for whatever that period is before they slaughter it, and then. So they're just going to give it antibiotics to try to keep it alive during that period. So they pump it up with antibiotics. And then, like, the other thing that blew my mind is chickens. They feed chickens Prozac. All the chicken you eat has Prozac in it because chicken, like, the idea of a pecking order is real. Like, chickens have actual, I mean, chickens are stupid, but they really do have structure in their society. And when you throw 100,000, some of these, these, you know, I don't even know what to call them. Like these, just these huge fucking sheds have a hundred thousand chickens in them that fucks up their, their pecking order and they go crazy. So they either a literally peck themselves to death or try to peck the chickens around them to death. So to calm them down, you feed them Prozac. Prozac. So, so when you eat chicken and antibiotics, of course, too, you're getting Prozac, you're getting antibiotics, you're getting growth hormones, you're eating a lot of shit. And then the really crazy thing is like, when you look at how these animals are slaughtered, um, it's mass production. It's assembly line. So they got these guys there with these huge knives that are, you know, they gotta cut, you know, 150 cow carcasses in the course of an hour because they're coming one after the other. Yeah. And it's guys that they're paying like fucking $10 an hour. It's usually now, uh, South American or Mexican immigrants. They, th- these guys are disposable to the owners. They don't care if they end up chopping their fingers off or their arms off. But, like, if you think about it, like, for a cow to, like, come through, you got to make a really clean cut. You really got to, like, do it precisely, Mm -hmm. precision. You can't do that if you're doing 100 cows an hour. Exactly. So what happens is they cut these cows, and then the, the shit, literally the shit from the cow's intestines gets all over the meat because they're cutting it so fast, and they're just trying to rip the shit as it goes by them. That, you know, like all the meat has salmonella and bacteria. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. So my thing is people are always going to eat meat. I'm not going to be one of these people who's going to tell you like, oh, you know, Russell's going to tell you don't ever eat meat again. If you can do that, that's beautiful. I kind of like concede people are always going to eat some meat, but you should pay out the ass for meat. Like when you go to a restaurant and order something with meat in it, you should that should be like a treat for that week. Like, yeah. all right, I'm going out and I'm going to have a hamburger, but I'm paying $23 for the hamburger. Yeah. Or, <laughs> um, like, but for real, it's cheap meat. It's a cheap meat. It's cheap right now, but you're going to pay for it. Yeah. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for in it. In the longer. long
0: run. I always tell people free shit be the most expensive shit in the world.
1: Yo, when you got prostate cancer, when you got heart disease, you know, it's it's not like you eat a burger and you, you know sick the next minute we all know that but Mm -hmm. when you start hitting the 40s and the 50s 60s it's a different story
0: (laughs) and russell out here looking better than me motherfucker. came under my my picture today i put up with russell he said he said yo man how the fuck russell simmons look better than you
1: (laughs) and you seen pictures have you ever seen pictures of him when he was in his 30s nah he looked like 150 years old that's crazy. I mean, part of it is because he was high all the time, but part of it was his diet because he didn't give a fuck. Like mm-hmm. he ate everything.
0: And now you went vegan, motherfuckers. out here looking clean, skin glowing. Skin but glowing. I tell you, man, you you get them, you get the, you start the juicing and shit like that. Your skin start to glow, and your hair start growing a little bit better. Your hair look better. You know what I mean? You get more energized, man. Fuck that, man. You gotta eat better out here, man, Motherfucking These other countries out here, these people is living longer than us. You know what I mean, and it's it's evident.
1: I mean, when you look at like GMOs, I saw this in the story. That, you know, like uh, you don't have to label GMOs in America. Not China even makes you label GMOs. Mm-hmm. Russia makes you label. Those countries don't give a fuck about their population. Like, you <laughs> know, like, let, let's be real. Like, yeah, life is cheap in China. Uh-huh. Like, if you get if you go down in China, like they're not spending a lot of time worrying about it mm-hmm. if you go out and like russia they don't really give a fuck but even they are like now nah, you gotta at least let people know that they're eating this shit and mm-hmm. america you know the the big the big lobbies just have so much influence that they and you know americans are lazy like we don't do the homework we don't you know we i think there's a there's a feeling like well if it was really that bad somebody would be doing something mm-hmm. Or if it was really that bad, this shit just wouldn't be so easily accessible on the grocery shelves. You know, like, you couldn't just go in and buy all this shit. Mm -hmm. But that's a capitalist country. Like, as long as it makes money, people are going to push it. And no one's really going to stop you.
0: The United States of America is just giving motherfuckers beef. Yo, you know it's crazy because motherfuckers will tell you all day don't eat pork. And you can't even eat beef. And you can't even eat the turkey.
1: Can't or the really eat fish i mean
0: or the fucking fish because they farming the fish. The
1: factory the factory farm fish is fucked up shit is crazy motherfuckers
0: yeah. got fish tanks
1: <laughs> Get like that fish was a out the fish tank that was a cute idea for you know a couple of years but when you start it's like you said i saw you tweet that like anytime it, stuff really gets mass produced it's not gonna work it's over so yeah you got all these fish and tanks millions of fish and tanks but fish shit like any other animal where's all that shit go You know, they're just dumping that shit in the rivers. You know, you got, if you look at these rivers and these streams, like in North Carolina, because most of the big hog farms, for instance, are like in the Carolinas, you got like millions of miles of dead streams and dead coastlands. And, you know, we're just wrecking the whole country off of this stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. So we got to just stop eating the motherfucking
1: animals.
0: See, I'm, I'm on that quest. You know, I stopped eating red meat. You know what I mean? It's been hard.
1: I yeah, seen, so what was your motivation for that?
0: Um, I just was feeling heavy. Right. And I already was juicing. I was feeling the juice life. And I was feeling heavy every time I eat a steak and shit like that. I feel real tired. Like, I wasn't really feeling energized how I usually be. So I just was like, yo, I'm going to stop eating red meat for a little while just to see. And then, like, after a week, I started feeling lighter. So... I just kept going.
1: You I crave just, you know, it?
0: Sometimes. Right. Not really crave it, but if I see it, I'd be like, ooh, you know what I mean? Right. But it doesn't really, I've been staying away from it. I almost eat, ate some red meat a little while ago, but.
1: what? Well, what's like the hardest, Uh, like a burger or like what was your thing?
0: Uh, Bacon.
1: Well, bacon's not red meat.
0: What is it? It's pork. What's pork? Pork, not red meat?
1: Nah, pork's from the pig.
0: All right, fuck it. I'm eating pork now, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're going right back to the swine, to the divino swine. He should have never told me that. Like, this ain't red meat, beloved. I don't eat red meat no more.
1: I mean, bacon's probably not that great for you. Do you yeah, know? it's
0: probably not. Especially turkey bacon is worse than pork bacon. I was reading up on that shit. <laughs> They said that shit because it got to be made and shit. Yeah, it's It's processed. processed It's
1: processed, yeah. That
0: it end up being just as fucked up as the regular bacon.
1: But that's that's the one thing that Russell, you know, he doesn't like to talk about it, but I'll talk about it. And that's, it's great to cut out all the animal products, but if you replace it with processed food, you're just trading one problem for the other. Mm -hmm. You know, like... Because uh, a lot of the a lot of the vegetarian shit is like just processed soy stuff, and that's mm-hmm. not particularly healthy for you too. If you eat a lot of soy, now he he doesn't agree with me on this, but like I don't think eating a lot of soy is necessarily that great for you either. So I mean, the bottom line is, is like it's not rocket science. Like if you want to be healthy, the best shit you can eat is vegetables yeah. and fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's it is what it is. But you know, that's not that's not sexy to a lot of people. <laughs>
0: And damn sure ain't, because right. guess what? I want bacon when I get home. You
1: dig it? I'm saying? I had some but, bacon um, this weekend, for sure.
0: But, man, that's what we doing, motherfucker. Happy vegan. Me and OG Christopher Morrow coming up next is um Russell Simmons' tax season. This part of tax season is brought to you by Bevel. GetBevel.com. I'm the OG Tristan Walker hit me up personally and say, Yo, man, we definitely better be sponsoring that episode with Russell Simmons. You know, Tristan Walker is from Queens. Russell Simmons is also from Queens. Tristan Walker is an entrepreneur on the rise and Russell been here forever. He's 67 years old. So it's Great that these two dudes is like even mentioned on the same podcast at the same time because it's like a great force of energy. You know, I look up to Tristan a lot and I also look up to Russell Simmons. So this all makes sense. Make sure you go to getbevel.com today. Oh yeah. By the way, the bevel tremor is about to drop and knock Andis out the box. You hear me? Make sure you. Tell all your barbers when, when the bevel trimmer is dropping. Go to the, the barbershop with the trimmer and leave it with them as a Christmas gift, as a New Year's gift, because that's what you want. You don't want that and it's on your skin no more. So you don't gotta put all that extra alcohol on your face so you don't so you don't get burnt down and all that and you be having the the, the rough dark spots and, and bumps on your joint. So you wanna bring the you wanna bring the bevel trimmer to your barbershop. You definitely wanna do that. So we definitely proud that that's dropping in spring. I hope Tristan sends me a free one. Please beloved because that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's definitely worth it, man. It's cordless, stays powered for four hours, you know what I mean? At the same rate to speed. So it's it's some flash. It's some fly stuff, you know what I mean? So shout out to Tristan Walker and the whole Bevel team for the Bevel tremor. But now I want to talk about the Bevel Razor. The first and only shaving system for men with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin, clinically proven to reduce and prevent razor bumps, discoloration, and irritation. There's a reason 9 out of 10 Bevel customers come back month after month up to 80% of black men and women struggle with razor bumps and up to 30% of all men and women encounter razor bumps as well multi-blade razor bumps only cause more irritation and razor bumps while hair removal creams are messy and can leave burns the bevel razor uses a single blade which cuts hair above the skin not beneath so you can avoid painful ingrown hairs start shaving smarter today at getbevel.com for 20% off your first month membership and a promo code tax at checkout that's getbevel.com using code tax for 20% off your first month that's g e t b e v e l.com use code tax for 20% off your first month say hello to the bad guy tax season we got russell simmons here
2: my nigga what's up
0: what's going on man how you feeling i'm good kid i just um... <clears throat> I'ma swallow this and throw this shit away. Yeah, Russell's eating a salad right now, a,
2: a, a vegan salad, a chicken Caesar salad, vegan. It's not real chicken, though. It's but, not real chicken.
0: What? What? What does it make it real
2: chicken? Well, for one, my, there's no growth hormones. Mm-hmm. There's no antibiotics. There's no Prozac and the other growth shit that they put in the chicken. It's not in it, right? So that's why we know it's not American chicken. Yeah. Right? Because all that other shit is in the chicken. This is just straight soy protein and rice protein, and it tastes like chicken to some people. I can't say because I don't fuck with chicken. Yeah. But it's good, you know what I mean? It's like, it's healthier.
0: This is beautiful, man, to have two former drug dealers in the same room speaking on health, man.
2: Oh, we still, <laughs> your niggas is still alive and kicking and all that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You look young, man. You look healthy, man. I'm better than I was, you know? How old are you?
0: 90. 58. 58? Yeah. 90, same thing. It's old, right? Yeah, it's old. You look healthy, though, man. You look like you good. You look like you could run some laps.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I get up. I was up at 5.30 this morning. I was in 6 o'clock yoga class, hot class. I want to speak to you about yoga later, too, we man, because i have been about that. But Happy Vegan, what was your inspiration behind this new I book? I could call the book The Poisoning of America, you know what I mean, or The Poisoning of Black America. I wrote this book. All my books, I give the money to charity. I don't keep the money or nothing. Mm -hmm. I write the books uh, mostly on happiness, right, through the yogic philosophy. The book, Super Rich, all that is about happiness and things that you do to make you happy, right? Yeah. Excuse me. And then um, this book is not just to make you happy. It's to save your life. Because what the American factory farming industry is doing to you is straight poisoning you. Mm. And the American government is subsidizing it by giving them, what, $38 billion or something? And then they give the vegetable industry almost nothing. They give them $17 million. So it's like, thick think, $38 billion oh, wow. for the poison that's destroying the planet, for sure. The cows is the number one cause of global warming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. Just How bust, so? Just busting their ass and, bur- and belching is enough methane gas to be more than all the trains, planes, and automobiles put together at almost times two. Wow. And that's just all coming out the cow's ass. And, and, and the cow is full of all kinds of poison. And so it's causing cancer. Heart disease is causing um, heart disease, cancer. I'm trying to think of all the other shit it causes. It clogs your arteries like crazy. And what else? Diabetes. diabetes is nuts in the community. Like, we have multiple of all the di The diabetes in the black community and in our, America in general is like three times that of the rest of the world. Wow. So this is all the American factory farming industry. Like, I stopped eating meat because of compassionate reasons almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But as i you know as as a, as a person not eating meat i'm surrounded by more people not eating meat more yogis who are you know conscious of their first chakra or their health and they start pointing things out to me you know and i've seen movies you know like earthlings and and i've seen movies about the health uh, problems uh, associated with 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 meat and mm-hmm. it's unbelievable that we eat this shit and it's unbelievable that the american government pays uh those people to poison us Mm-hmm. and to destroy the planet, you know? So as individuals, we can make choices. You know what I mean? Like I, I really, this this chicken Caesar salad is competitive or better than any chicken Caesar salad that you have, and in one minute, your taste palate will change, and you'll like this better than the chicken. Yeah. You know, because your taste battle, you know, some, um, I was yesterday at a book signing, and my guru uh, owns a yoga studio called Jeeva Mukti, and she says a yogi loses taste for things that don't taste good. I was a slick ass. I said, "What? Let me repeat that." The yogi loses taste for things that don't taste good. Like you're not interested. Like, like I learned that morning meditation is better than late night getting high. Yeah. Like I used to get high all the time. I sniff all the smoke, everything. You know, like I used to. I used to smoke, chase the drag, every kind of drug you could do. I and I'd wake up with a headache every day. But I just and 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 then I decided that morning meditation was better. Just from the experiences you learn that it's just much better. I mean, I told I, you that felt, in the beginning, but I've, you had to go experience it. You know I've
0: what I mean? recently stopped eating red meat, so I've, like, felt the difference in that alone. Yes. You know, especially, like, as far as, like, the wearing. I feel like it just, you feel heavy. You feel like you got a book bag on, but you don't know that you got the book bag on until you stop eating the red meat.
2: Right, and you'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like exactly, I feel fifteen pounds lighter, and and I lost twenty pounds when I became vegan, and that was twenty years ago, and I'm still at that same weight, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, usually my friends are looking twisted; they fifty eight. How's your health been thus far? It's been it's been good. You haven't had any health scares? I have no problems, you know that I'm aware of. You know, I keep checking, knock on wood, mm-hmm. and they keep telling me, you know, you like a twenty year old in this area, a thirty year old in that area. You know, they only yeah. telling me you know, let's just take these pills for your, none of that. And you've had sex with a lot of models, too, so. My girl in the next room. Yeah. Right. You know I mean? I don't, and you know. And you're healthy, just, so. I, yeah, I'm tearing that shit that, up. You there know? you go right there. Go vegan. <laughs> right.
0: You know, go yeah. vegan and pray. Right.
2: <laughs> 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 no, but I'm just saying that it's just a much healthier lifestyle. Comically, it's the worst disaster in the history of the world, what they do. Is geez. it more
0: expensive?
2: No, it's cheaper actually. You could save a lot of money going vegan if you cook at home. I mean, you go out; it's a little bit of a problem. But you can stop at Taco Bell if you wanna and have a bean burrito instead of putting the hot clog and cheese in this shit. You can just put guacamole, you know, in your bean burrito, and that's good. Put a little extra onions and spice. You know, we hot sauce niggas. We black hot sauce. Mm -hmm. That's good. Or you can stop at every hood got a Chinese restaurant. Every Mm -hmm. hood got a Chinese restaurant. And you ain't got to limit your shit to broccoli and bok choy and all Chinese shit. Mm-hmm. If you tell a Chinese man, I want broccoli, spinach, whatever. You can make up anything Chinese man. Says, okay. Mm-hmm. With tofu, curry, tofu. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us, we like tofu. How is tofu? Like like, I mean, how curry? is it? I was slandering tofu yesterday on Twitter. Well, if you put curry on it, fuck, you know what it is. You know what <laughs> like, like, really, it's the sauce. You know what I mean? I mean that's true. Curry makes everything good. Everything. Right? If you know what I mean? So curry or black bean sauce or they got you know garlic sauce you know the tofu is great next to the broccoli and next to the the brown rice yeah. and then you eat all that right and in the long run you know and i mean especially as you get a little older you recognize that you know you're not ready to check out you don't want to look like your friends my friends look twisted mm-hmm. honestly like my like people around me i help i taught oprah to meditate i taught ellen DeGeneres to meditate people who are not close but yeah. friends but your close friends, dumb niggas, it's very difficult to convince to do anything. I don't know if you ever recognize that. Niggas that's real close to you, don't listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> I'm watching these niggas. they they, they, they looking real bad. They're having heart problems. Mm-hmm. they they taking all kinds of pills. At 58, you see your friends start falling off, for real. Like bad bags of dust. They've started looking very bad. Mm-hmm. You know a bad bag of dust? in my era oh yeah you know of, of course i I'm older than you <laughs> I'm saying you're smoking a lot oh, no, of water I know listen I used, you know there's a certain time that's when not it. my era but it's the era right above me and right and you know niggas I, are smoking that water I've, lo-
0: I've, I've lost dudes to, to dust like of course not lost they ain't they even dead they just
2: alive and dead oh that too yeah <laughs> oh yeah you're very lucky not exactly. to have that exactly that, that's the Thorazine they used to shoot in you if they caught you and you was acting up and you was high on dust, they would take you to Harlem Hospital mm-hmm. and they would shoot you with Thorazine and that would just deaden your brain cells and that be it. So what drugs did you use? You cocaine dust? Same thing. You same thing. You everything. Whatever. All <laughs> the, I missed, you know, what I missed as being a, a older person and quitting. I quit drugs like twenty eight years ago. I quit. Mm-hmm. I stopped getting high. Right. But I miss Crystal Meth. I didn't miss it. I'm saying, but that was an era. That shit, God bless you. I know, I'm meth. saying, I missed the worst shit. Dust is right next to that almost, though, right? But yeah. Crystal Meth is, is what I hear is the monster. Yeah, crystal Meth. And that new shit they got uptown, too. They got some new shit uptown I read about. What? K. K2. K2. K2 ain't shit. It's some synthetic
0: shit, you know, to make people trip because it's not real marijuana. But you know it's more dangerous. The most dangerous shit out there right now is that Flocka shit. That they got. They got some shit called Flocca. It's real popular in Florida. Dudes is like bugging the fuck out, flipping out. I know a dude that was on that flocca shit down there and like shot a couple people. You know what I mean? Like they like really bugging off of you. Look look it up. You'll see it. I'm in. Look it up. <laughs> Russell might have to talk to the kids is using Flocca out there,
2: man. He ain't hip to the drugs all right. no more. All right, that's all right. How do you feel about marijuana? Uh I I, I eat the um non T H C uh C B C oil. It's legal in L.A., you know, and they mm-hmm. got the water, too. They got the water, the CBC water, whatever the CBC is, the name of the oil, mm-hmm. that's no THC in it or nothing. The CBC water, and I drank it and slept like a baby. I started drinking it regularly. That I it also has melatonin in it, the one that they sell at the weed shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of that's good. I don't fuck with, like, I, I ate one ball in the beginning, right, mm-hmm. that had a little bit of THC, but it was all the CBC oil. I slept real well. And then I sent my intern from All Deaf Digital, I sent this nigga to go get me some. I had sent my driver to get me cash. I told my driver to get me $1,000. I told the intern to get me some sleeping weed. I mean, mm-hmm. sleeping, not to smoke, but to eat. He comes back with all these edibles, $800 worth of edibles. I said, Kenny, what the f- why Edibles is, is dangerous, man. Right, nigga. <laughs> I ate. Let me tell you what I did. I ate what I thought was going to put me to sleep. And It had a little THC in, it, I thought. I didn't want no THC, but I'm going to sleep, so I, so I ate it. I woke up in the middle of the night straight tripping. I woke up in the middle of the night. I was hiding the motherfucker. I was so mad. I, and then I, I went back to sleep. I got up in the morning. I'm getting ready to go to work. And I get in the car so I can't go nowhere. A nigga can't even drive. I had to go lay in the backyard, use the phone. I'm not <laughs> sure what I fucked up. But I was high for the whole day till I made yoga. I didn't go to yoga till 5 in the afternoon. And I sweated out. And I threw that shit out.
0: Yoga. I've been talking about going to yoga on Twitter. And dudes is like, "Are oh, you a faggot. Ah, oh, you going to yoga? Oh, no, no, no. Niggas,
2: man, get the fuck. Out like- here. Let me tell you something. Tell these niggas. First of all, when I went to yoga first, there was nobody, no straight dude whatsoever. There's 58 girls, one gay guy, and me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and How I don't did you feel get into like it? an environment like that is is definitely makes you anything other. than... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fifty eight girls, like one dude, one gay dude, he's cool, but yeah. and, and all girls. Mm-hmm. It's changed now. Niggas be in yoga. I like, how'd you get it? I saw you on Instagram. Say, Niggas, why the fuck, go home. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but I go to yoga because it's like moving prayer to me, you know. Yeah. I know some people pray, you know. The idea that you smile in difficult poses, you know, because I go to a hot yoga, 105 degrees, and you know, you do these poses in the heat. And you sweat like a slave. When you take that shower, you feel awake. You know, there's 14 parts of the body. When you do the physical asana practice, because that's just a piece of yoga, the asana um, is, is, is a third of the eight parts of yoga. And it's just to make your seat. So asana is also known as a seat, aside from a pose. So if you could get in a perfect seat, that's all life, that's all you're seeking. Mm-hmm. If you get a perfect seat, that's why you say, as soon as I get this money, I'll be good. Or as soon as I, it's always something on the outside. When I get it, I'll be good. But yoga is, is, the, is the idea of transforming where You know, you recognize it from the inside out is where happiness comes, right? So then, like every scripture, it reminds you of these basic principles, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, the yoga scripture is a very simple science for happiness, mm. you know, and presence and awareness. You know, full presence is Christ consciousness, is nirvana, is samadhi. Is taqwa Muslims call it taqwa mm-hmm. Christ consciousness or God consciousness comes when the mind is still. So the yogi is seeking to quiet the mind. That's why we meditate. And then when you when you breathe in the yoga is deep inhale, deep exhale. As you're moving mm-hmm. and it slows the world down. Like when you're in a car accident or something, everything moves slow. And that speed from being totally awake and present is the speed the world's really moving at. But what we have is fluctuations in our mind. We have hundreds of thoughts in our mind all the time. So the idea of a quiet mind is when you can see the world, you can focus, you can do what's in front of you. You know, forget the future, forget the past, be here. And, and, and the most beautiful thing in the world is to be here. Like when you're in a zone, you're playing ball, but you don't miss when the rim seems real big. Yeah, That's a state, that's an awareness. You know, that's like a clarity from being present. So that's what, it, that's, that's what that is. that's that is. what So you work towards being like that. Like, you know what it's like to be in a zone. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really what you're...
0: Are the, the best women in yoga?
2: There's a lot of, you know, girls in yoga, mostly in good shape and look kind of hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's am not, not necessarily the best. I find the best to be in the modeling agencies. <laughs> I've, I've noticed. I've noticed that. <laughs> no, no, they don't. I mean, but they're also in yoga. They're everywhere. You know, best women in How do yoga. you feel about the Doctors. plus size models? Huh? How do you feel about the plus li- size I like, models? I like all kind of chicks. You know, if they're <laughs> cute, I like them. I fucked with them. You know, I, right now I got a girl. All right. You know, I, just, I just got a girl. You know, I haven't had one in a long time. Yeah? Yeah, so it, it's it's good. You know, it's nice to wake up with somebody because usually I'm just Uber. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like two months. Like Uber <laughs> at 4 in the morning or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it's very rude though, and it's bad karma. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really, nobody, I don't care. I hang out with Leo DiCaprio or, you know, Tyson Beckford or whoever the fuck the pretty nigga is. He don't never tell a girl, you know, I just think you're cute. i like to fuck you and send you home. No one mm-hmm. says that. Yeah. They say, nice to meet you. It's interesting to hear you talk and blah, blah, blah. And they never really say, I just want to fuck you and send you home. Mm-hmm. And you don't really think that yourself. You try to believe in your, in your own mind if you got any kind of good karma that maybe this is the girl for me mm-hmm. tonight. <laughs> and maybe, you know, it might be something in it exactly that will, you know, grow into something more meaningful. Mm. You believe that in your head. And then when it's done. But once you bust a nut, it's like, yo, Uber time. And when you do a lot of that, it's bad for your karma. Mm. So I, you know, I try to, like, lighten up on that as much as possible. There's too many girls have high hopes and dreams. Mm. And <clears throat> I'm not trying to exploit them, you know, and I just think it's it's bad on my karma. So it's nice to have a girl I can wake up with. Bring me coffee. I don't mm-hmm. drink coffee, babe. Oh, yeah, oh, here's the green juice. Whatever. We're just getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I haven't had nobody live with me in 10 years. She living with me. It's kind of nice. That's great, man. I like how you, I, I like how, like, you, I don't know how you move in private, but I like how,
0: like, you You deal with your family. You know what I mean? I always like that, with you like, yo, from your whole family. You know what I mean? From more of your kids. You know what I mean? Uh, like
2: You know, I people think it's so odd that I would be friendly with somebody who I once was in love with. I think it's crazy. It's like my best friend is raising my children, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that it, it behoove anybody who has a child to be friendly to the mother, yeah. especially if you, for for a lot of reasons. Uh, but if you love somebody, you should like them later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if people do harm to you, a lot of times people are hurt by what other people do, you know what I mean? And the other people do it, it's not because of them. It's not on them. And so you have to let people breathe. You know, I always say love everybody can't hang out with everybody, you can love them from a distance. That's a practice. It's a yogic practice to love everybody. Hurt people, hurt people. Or for for a variety of reasons, people won't do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. You can't always be disappointed in people to the point where you don't like them. Do you feel you like may want to
0: separate. Is, do you feel like sometimes people feel like somebody might owe them more?
2: Yeah, because you do like, nice by somebody else, they have to do nice me. by you and all that. I, you know, you do you. you know, mm-hmm. If you want to love everybody, be nice, be gen- be a gentleman, be, uh, you know, a helpful human being, a good, giving human being. Do that. And if they don't do it back to you, you don't have to feel personal. You don't have to feel nothing except, you know, the reason when you do it, it's for your heart anyway. Holding a grudge only hurts you. Mm-hmm. The hater gets hurt. You know what I mean? The other person don't even know it. And if they do, so what? It's really you killing your insides. Mm -hmm. So just try to be loving and graceful and move through life with a good spirit. It's much easier for you. Makes you happier, healthier, and so forth. You know what I mean? So just try to keep it, you know, just give love and, and don't worry about the rest.
0: You are like the pioneer of like everything in hip hop. And what I mean by that, I mean everything from dealing with the models to the lifestyle. You know what I mean? The the brands like Adidas, like, you know what I mean? Like, w- would Adidas even be what it is today in the urban community or, you know, if it wasn't for you, the the clothing brands, the, well, you, know, you know, you was kind of like the first for a lot.
2: That's because I'm old. I was there, you know what I mean? A lot of that shit is, you know, you just happen to be there first, you know, or mm-hmm. one of the first people in a certain space, you know, you get to, to like, you know, Run wrote the song, My Adidas. They was dead. The company was going out of business. We mm-hmm. um, said, where did that shit go? I was high, I was smoking water. Like where did they go? Concert flow. He wrote that shit on Hollis Ave. I never forget it. And um, he always talks about it because I was so high. I was like, Yo, my nigga, what? You know. And he wrote it, and it did save that company. And Joe and them did get a deal, and that was, it, at the time, revolutionary to have that kind of deal. But it was because no one else. We only did what they was doing. In other words. That's what we do it in the hood. Mm -hmm. If it was water skiing, I've been water skiing. You know what I mean? So I was just doing what we were doing. Just representing what you was doing. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I happened to be there early. I saw Hollywood and Eddie Chiba and Grandmaster Flash and Cold Crush Crew and all the great ones from the beginning, you know, and it was inspiring to me. I stopped selling drugs and stopped promoting parties. Eddie Chiba was the first person I seen in Charles Gallery on 138th Street, I think it was. And, and, um, I saw him and he was amazing. And after that, I started promoting. My man Rudy was a promoter. I thought that was, he was a slick nigga from Harlem who, you know, he he, he used to have like access, bought girls, everything. Um, and I was like, let me do that, right? And I started loving, I loved the music the minute I seen him, the yeah. performance of Eddie Cheevo. And I thought that became my thing. And it was a, a good transition away from what really destroyed my friends. You know what I mean? My friends got in a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? They kept doing what they were doing. Went to jail or got murdered or whatever happened. And I was lucky, I found something I loved that gave me a, an escape, you know? Yeah. So that was that. And then the music, um, it was it felt like nobody would make the music I wanted to make. Like when I produced Suck MC, and I remember finishing it, I produced other records before they sounded more like like Dollar Bill and Bubble Bunch and Action and whatever those records were, and Curtis Blow records, which I didn't produce but was part of. Yeah. But when I made Run the MC I made what I wanted to hear. It wasn't that I was just this creative genius like Rick, who's a melody man. It was like, it's finished. Everybody in the studio, the engineer, everybody around said, well, no, it's only a drum. I said, no, we finished. Nigga spit rhymes, it's a drum, it sounds great. <laughs> they didn't understand that. Oh, we made Jam SJ, we scratched the record. No one ever scratched the record like that. And um, that was just obvious to us because that's what we did. So bringing it into the studio was uh, uh, just because we had access, we were able to make what was in our heart versus what everybody else was making. That was more commercial, but this was more honest. So it wasn't really a a lot of creativity. It was a cultural expression that was in everybody's heart. It was a very commercial cultural expression. Mm -hmm. So it was never new. It was just there and unexploited.
0: So now hip-hop is what?
2: Hip-hop is the same as it was. It's still niggas from the hood telling you stories and expressing to you things that otherwise we wouldn't hear. Mm-hmm. Um, the unfortunate thing people complain about what in the lyrics is the war on drugs took a church culture and turned it into a criminal culture or a jail culture. Mm. And they locked up all, you know, all your niggas was locked up, mm. mine locked up. There was just diseased drug, you know, they somebody with 20 dimes of dope in their pocket, nickels, heroin, 20, bundled up, mm. going to jail for 10 years. Yeah, he's just shooting a third of those dimes or nickels, cause it's five dollars <laughs> there. nickel. but he's shooting a third of them, and he's selling the rest, and he's breathing, and he's a dope fiend, and he don't need to go to jail, you know. So they call him drug dealers. Mm-hmm. My man Jinx, who I tried to raise, fifteen years I spent on him. I love him. Jinx, right, man, right I just minute. seen that article, man, about Jinx, man. Right, twenty five years, twenty five years in for Bankton, eighty grams right? of coke that he didn't even touch. He was talking about eighty grams of coke. Mm-hmm having a conversation about selling 80 grams of Coke. Now, when I go to St. Bart's during the holidays, sir, this person and Lord, that person, I'm talking about people with names, Lord, so-and-so, sir, so-and-so. I'm thinking about these aristocrats that come from, from England and other rich people from America and Indians who, you know, own hotels and they come one of them niggas to bring 80 grams of Coke to St. Bart's and will hoard it. Cause that ain't enough. But that's just for him and his couple friends. He like, don't, Niggas, says, you got any coke? No, they got eighty grams. Cause yeah. ain't that much coke. Yeah, and they would never go to jail for that. They get caught coming in the same bar to leave in America. They end up in a rehab. Mm-hmm. This nigga got twenty five years for eighty Plus, grams. I spent a lot of time uh, in, um, in the last twenty years trying to correct that wrong. You know, the president slow to move, but he did eventually change first time offenders the way he charges them from a federal perspective. It was really uh, a lot of work from a lot of the community. I wrote a letter. I, I'll never forget this because one of the few things that in my life I could really look back on and say that I was part of that meaningful. I wrote a letter. It was signed by everybody in Hollywood and, and all the activists you could think of from Harry Belafonte and Reverend Jackson and Sharpton and head of the Urban League and just so many people signed it, right? Angelina Jolie type, you know, their own. I mean, signed by everybody. Uh, and then this letter goes to the president, and the president doesn't really respond, but it becomes news, but not big news. And about a, 10 days later, whatever, Justin Bieber tweeted it was the new Jim Crow. It was horrible what was happening, to something in these words. And the attorney general called within an hour. Wow. And the reason I tell this story so often is that it really reminds <clears throat> me about how much power a celebrity has. Mm. And it reminds me also what a blessing it is to have a celebrity at my age, because my experiences brought me to a place where I understand but this voice matters, that this voice matters. Justin Bieber must be proud that he got the attorney general to call and the president to change the way he uh, treats first-time offenders, just as Kim Kardashian must be proud that she said, I'm Muslim for a day. We had this big rally. A lot of niggas came. The rabbis ran it. It was my idea to have the rabbis have, I'm Muslim for a day. Mm. I'm the chairman of this organization. That's what we do, put Muslims and Jews together around the world, 50 countries. So I'm Muslim for a day. I remember Jim Jones spoke, a couple of rabbis came, but mostly it was, and a couple of preachers came, mostly it was rabbis and some imams, and a lot of people came and said, I am Muslim for a day because they were having those Muslim inquiries at Congress. Yeah. I remember the, uh, Congressman Eric, um, can't think of his name, Congressman, yo, the congressman, the Muslim congressman that we know, the black guy. Oh, you stupid. All right. <laughs> you don't know the congressman? Um... Eric said, uh, man, if you don't know, I'll tell you his name later. Congressman was on a witness stand crying. They were asking him all these questions like, why are you asking innocent Muslim people questions about terrorism? It's, it's un-American. It was wrong. And they were having these congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian tweeted out, I am Muslim for a day. It went all over Al Jazeera, all over all the networks, all over everywhere. We want to cover of the paper the rally. Mm-hmm. But the tweet traveled around the world And I think it embarrassed America to the point where they felt that these inquiries, a lot like McCarthyism era, the the inquiries were so uh, uh, un-American that they shut them down immediately. And that was Kim Kardashian, one tweet. Wow. So that's why I like to I try to get use my celebrity to get other celebrities who have way more power to move things in a positive direction. Yeah. How we get on that subject? I don't know, but it, it was cool. It's cool. It's the thing of, <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, we talk about what's
0: worthwhile. That's what, huh? You're a juicer. I see you have a juice. I don't know if it's good it's, or not. I'm a fresh juice. juicer. It's in, it right it's in a bottle. I don't drink juices in it's bottles. Spinach,
2: cucumber, apple, lemon, ginger, and kale. Yeah, that's no, cool. no, It's just freshly pressed. It ain't that bad. They
0: say, what's freshly pressed? They say, was, they, I just went to a spot the other day. I said, Man, is this fresh? He said, Well, they bought
2: it here this morning. I said, They bought it here this morning, but did they make it? Today, no. I don't believe that you need, um, like, there was something Gary Knowles told me that he said, Oh, that's bullshit about not pressing, but juicing. Mm-hmm. That when the juices, you have to drink it in 15 minutes of it being juiced. I don't know if that's true. I do. Do you believe that? Yeah. I'll tell you why.
0: I've had I have the difference. Like I've I've made juices and left them in the fridge and then drunk them later that day, and you don't get the full energy boost that you get if
2: you don't if you drink really it within live, the first fifteen press. minutes. Like, but literally. they are pressing a different process that it lasts a little longer. But they, they say 50, 15 minute thing. It was Gary Dole. He's you know one of the famous nutritionists. You probably know he is. Right? I don't know the
0: minute amount, but I know if you drink it right after you do it, like. It's you better. get, uh, yeah, like very much better.
2: Like It's that, definitely said, a difference, though. Try it. That could be true. Depressing, the they say, maintains the uh, thing longer. They say three days also with the, the juice. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people's theory. But you know how you feel, so that's really, you can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind the juice out of bottle, you know what I mean? Because I know it's two days old maybe at the most. They won't sell it after two days. So yeah, it's still vegetable. Two days, you know, it's still green vegetables, and it's still way more vegetables than most niggas eat in a, in a week. You know, I want to ask you about the vegetables. We we're having a, like the discussion on Twitter about the
0: organic foods and stuff like that, yeah. and how it's grown, and like you know, is the organic really organic when they say it's organic?
2: No, man, I just don't know. I I know there's so many loopholes. You know, this book is about the factory farming and the poisoning of America in general, and when we look into the organic. And we look into the sun. There's so many different categories they come up with, mm-hmm. and 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 then they have holes in it because it's all lobbyists. They tell a, they tell a congressman what to do, and the president can't move. He can't breathe without Congress and the Senate. And everybody is being paid for. The one good thing Trump said that made me laugh, and he hasn't said nothing make me laugh in in over a year. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I don't fuck with him no more. Nothing, <laughs> but he used to make me laugh all the time. He's a funny guy, nice guy mostly. But what he's been saying has been so hurtful. But he, he stood on a podium, and it's like, I don't know how many candidates were there, and he said, you know, money makes good people corrupt. And he did, like, made that face he make you know what I mean? Looked mm-hmm. around, like, all you eight niggas is paid for and bought. And then, like, <laughs> they all look, and suddenly, like, they're all, like, bitches in miniskirts. Like, they all look fucking like they were parading to get money from yeah. sponsors. Yep. And that's what he, and he said that one thing. He's getting free press, so he don't need no money. So he said, you yeah, it makes good people corrupt. And he just looked around, the best thing I've ever heard him say. But it's funny that, and this is why, I was talking to a woman who's a libertarian on um, Fox Kennedy. Uh, she used to be at MTV. She's a progressive in some ways socially, but she believes in in freedom of business and that kind of. And she also believes in Citizens United, which is that uh, that clause in which uh, companies can give unlimited amounts of money, mm-hmm. and that is horrible because then what that means that they can buy candidates. I mean, really buy them motherfuckers and make them do what they want. So this idea of um, Trump being in the lead on, on the Republican side and Bernie Sanders being lead on the Democrat side is really good for them because they just said, look, all the money these other niggas got and neither one of them is in the lead. So Bernie Sanders is making little money from everybody mm-hmm. and he's building up enough money to be better than competitive against Hillary, who has more money than God. And the Koch brothers gave all this money to everybody else and Trump is whipping their ass. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting in the one instance that these outsiders are winning. But then again, you have to look at all the congressmen and the senators, and they all bought and paid for it. A perfect sponsor for this
0: show, Avant. All the Get Money guys are sponsoring this show today. (laughs) If you want to get some money loaned to you, make sure you get Avant. Let's talk money. Truth is, sometimes honest, hard-working folks need a little extra. And some banks don't always make it fast or easy. But i tell you who does. Avant. Finally there's a company who gets it. Avant provides access to unsecured personal loans for $1,000 to $35,000 without ever stepping foot in a branch. You simply go to AvantOffer.com and check your competitive rate. Checking your rate is risk-free with no effort on your FICO score. Complete your application in minutes and the funds could be in your account as soon as tomorrow see how easy and convenient borrowing is through avantoffer.com avant will give you $50 amazon.com gift card after you make your first payment on time for this offer and to check your rate risk-free go to avantoffer.com and enter promo code tax season that's avant that's a v a n t offer.com promo code tax season avantoffer.com promo code tax season loans made by web bank funds are generally deposited via ach for delivery next business day if approved by 4 30 p.m central time monday through friday fico is registered trademark fair isaac corporation amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion other restrictions apply see website for details This episode of Tax Season is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the premier place to build your site. Everybody is dealing with them. Combat Jack, brilliant idiots. I actually heard that Squarespace is comping Combat Jack and making his site. Can you also comp Tax Season? I would really appreciate that over here. We need something to help. You understand? But besides that... Building a website can be tough, and even if you know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well, is time-consuming affair. Whether it's for business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology. Powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust Squarespace for your website. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and the simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use awful code tax to get 10% off your first purchase and to show support for tax season. Who do you like for the next president?
2: Well, you know, I've been friends with Hillary. I gave her first fundraiser in New York State. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it broke my heart to call and tell her, yo, I'm fucking with Barack. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's friends. Told Bill, mm-hmm. called him. Um, you know, I haven't endorsed her because I want her to adopt more of Bernie's ideas. Mm-hmm. And while I'm waiting for her to adopt more of Bernie's ideas, Bernie's getting hotter in a month, or he's getting hot, mm-hmm. and then he has the ideas. Um, that I like. I like single pay. I like for everybody to have health care. Yeah. I like for everybody to be able to go to college for two years. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck not? Everybody, other countries do it. Yeah. Every, everybody, other countries take care they're sick. I like somebody who points out that one-tenth of one percent of the people getting all the paper and everybody else is starving. I like that. Yeah. So Bernie Sanders is, a, is, is saying things that I would say if I were running. So I got to like him. I only don't like that he might not win. But then I'm looking at him versus Trump right now in the polling, and they got him whipping Trump's ass. They got mm-hmm. Republicans who don't like his ideas, but at least trust that he's a, you know, he's, you know, thoughtful. Yeah. But you got to be thoughtful at least. And he, they said, "Well, I'm brother Bernie Sanders than Trump." So a lot of Republicans feel that way, mm-hmm. and a lot of Americans feel that Trump, although he has a big audience, when you talk about eight people, it's just him against another candidate, and that other candidate has any experience, and you know, is is um, reasonable. He'll beat Trump, and that's and that's you know. So for me, if he got to run against Trump, we have a little work to do. But I don't think Trump can win the electoral vote. It seems impossible because you got to win forty percent of the Latino vote. Exactly. I don't know how to. I've fuck been he telling won.
0: people that for the longest. I it, said, listen, he lost once. He said what he said about
2: Mexicans and sending people back home. You're done. They're done. They're You're done. You're done. And so the electoral <laughs> vote, not the popular, the overall. You know, that don't mean shit. Are you surprised that Trump is even still here? Of course we are. Everybody <laughs> What the fuck? This nigga was supposed to have been gone immediately. Yo, and, and it just shows you. It but shows you what America is. That's what it does.
0: It's, that's the scary part. Exactly. It shows you that it was a whole bunch of these closet people that was there like, They needed a lead Yes, up. fucker. Get the fuck out of here. Yes.
2: Like, and that's the scary part. Exactly. That's the What's scary, scary part. about Trump is that, people support him <laughs> not him I himself he ain't scared until i found I out said, america a lot of us
0: exactly very scary. i said to see that much people agreeing with things that trump is saying you just got to look around the room now right exactly and be yeah. like are we okay like right, exactly because you might want me to go back to africa <laughs> you know what I, mean? so, <laughs> I don't know i like this nigga i want to be on your show you know more. Know I, mean? like, I like yeah you know, I come on like every week no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but um Man, we got Russell Simmons in here, the hip hop legend, the philanthropist, the 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 juice god, the vegan, the yogi, the um the OG, the um the ex crack dealer, um <laughs> <Why are> you- <laughs> the brand pusher.
2: You know what I mean? but you know why what was that push- what was that nigga the, the baby maker, the sellers second. was it oh. <laughs> yeah, that nigga Yo, Chris be sharp with shit too That's very sharp of this nigga to say that Yeah You don't know that right, right off top, Smooth the to Hustler <laughs> Oh, he was, I love that OG record got Chris Morrow yeah, I love that how, record How long have you known Chris Morrow? I know this nigga for a while He used to write I used to have this thing that Words of Wisdom That I used to put on the radio And it was sponsored And all the stations would syndicate It would only be two minutes Of me talking about Something spiritual Or something business Or some kind of way To move through the world Some kind of advice and I would do these pieces, and he would go on the internet and research things I'd said, and come back to me with the things that I'd read. What he wrote that I had said. And so one day he we said let's write a book, and mm-hmm. that Do You became a book. And I, did, I read I Do You in prison. Oh, really? I read that. Yeah. How well, long was you locked up? I wasn't locked. up. I, I
0: did different bids, so I don't know when I did. I read it. You know which time, but I
2: definitely read Do You. I remember that one. All right. So you got a good job here. You building something real. Yeah, man, Chris took me like off the it. streets. Word. Yeah, he don't Chris, know you're that. a good nigga. I ain't think so. Little, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I know this nigga a long time.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, why we like the Jews. I was out doing that's low level scamming. Scam
2: Chris took me right off the streets. Man. That's why we like the Jews. Yeah, man. I told him I always tell him, him, a I him I love mean, I love Mr. Farrakhan. I said, you know, <laughs> he said he I mean, goes right to Mr. Farrakhan because I I, I I love him. He's my second father. So, Minister Farrakhan... Can you
0: tell Minister Farrakhan come on the show? I've been emailing them people. They act like they're they not noticing me.
2: Uh, tell yeah, let Minister, me, let we let got to speak. Do some re- it's always, he, he asked me a lot of times about researching people. He did that man show, that real conservative show. No, not Mad Cow. He did somebody like to Alex somebody. Yeah, he does. He fucks with niggas, but he don't fuck with... I mean, he did something outside of the norm with this conservative white guy and the guy admired him as a lot of conservatives do mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he's mostly talked segregation and they like that. And then he talks about uplifting yourself and they say, you'll get yourself up, you know, so they like him for that. They always like religious people, but uh, yeah, I will, I will work on that for you, you know, the minister. But I was telling him cause it, I remember I had a clothing company and it was about t- 20 years ago, probably that um, well, they own every store. They owned Dr. J. They owned Jimmy Jazz. They own S. D. They owned every single store on 125th Street. Mm-hmm. And I said the Jews bought what the Wasp didn't want. So somebody else said that they managed every black artist. They were half. At, when they first started managing every black artist, they were the Jews. So they wasn't really liked very much. Mm-hmm. They still not liked that much, uh, you know. Quiet, not even quiet for real. <laughs> they still don't like Jews too much, you know. The Wasp. So, you know, they'll talk about them behind their back in front of me. So, you know, they, they really don't like Jews either. So the Jews were kind of half white, half, you know, half nigger, right? In a way. And they managed the black artists. Mm-hmm. The wasps didn't want to manage the black artists. So the Jew would come in there, halfway nigger, halfway Jew, and say, would you please play this said, We don't play niggers. Come on, play the record. And the Jews represented the artists. Mm-hmm. So They did the work the Wasps didn't want. It's all business, mm-hmm. you know? So I always thought, that that's why economically they were always a great aid to the black community, and and from a civil rights standpoint they march with us, you know, and uh and so you could never point to them when it's the the the, the white supremacists in general have been the biggest burden on the black community. Yeah. So it's not anti. It, I mean, you could be anti everybody who's not helping the black community and really in the in the trenches if you want, but I would say the Jews have been the greatest allies. Mm-hmm. Of the black community, who are those who are not in the black community who help the black community? It's been the Jews. So anyway, I, I'm just hey, he. You know, he said that he's a, he's done everything he can. I mean, I don't know what else he could do. Apologize, but he he said in his speech he said, "Damn, they don't forgive. He said, You niggas forgive before they in the casket." <laughs> Have you seen the speech? <laughs> nah. I didn't oh, you didn't see, see the minister's speech? Which he one? Said, he said the guy, the little, the little white boy, shot everybody up. Everybody was forgiving him before. He didn't want even the casket yet. Yeah. so you niggas forgive too quick. Yeah, it's true. You're very forgiving. Yeah, I, I had people. the same discussion. I
0: said, yo, man, I said, yo, man, I, I just never seen this type of shit where so much, you know, white people will come out and be like, wonder why you mad. Like, how could you wonder why oh, we mad? Y'all different. not dying. Like, <laughs> like, if y'all was dying, then you would be like, that's you know That's a whole mean?
2: different discussion. Absolutely. So, people, uh, oh, there's a black president or wonder why you mad or. Do you think I Barack mean, did his job? I think Barack did a, a, a pretty good job. He's going to have a great legacy, you know. Um, it was funny to see Father Flanagan in, in in the ranks when he did the gun um, thing. But Father Flanagan makes Farrakhan look very moderate, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The white man who stood up and asked yeah. the question, the, the preacher mm-hmm. from Chicago. Yeah, I know you are talking about man. Yeah, he's a beast. There. He's a beast. He's exactly. a beast. He plays he, no games. Right, and he was there talking to the president. That he, was kind of funny he be chopping the president down a lot. He does, right? Yeah, I, I was surprised he was there. It's funny that Barack put him in there like, I don't give a fuck. I'm the president. I'm taking next thing uh Reverend uh, he didn't have Reverend uh, Wright up in there, but mm-hmm. if you got Father Flanagan in there, you got Reverend Wright and Farrakhan as as conservatives, I mean, or as moderates, because you got Father Flanagan up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. That's amazing that he put him there. And that's really like him saying, I'm black, I do the fuck I want to do, I'm the president. Mm-hmm. That, that's a real that's a seen real. When I see him, as soon
0: as the camera went on him, I said, what I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it, it was
2: amazing. He had a great point, but he goes in. I respect what he says. He's like. not wrong about white supremacy. You know, I'm an integrationist. You know, and it's the only thing that I, you know, I, I can say that economic integration can't come without social integration as easy, at least. You know, I mean, the Jewish community can be tight knit and can build out business, and it's a cultural phenomenon that is to see a tight knit community build out its own economics. It's one that the Black American community will have almost. It's, it seems almost impossible, and you see our success stories of those who have integrated to some degree. So, if I like, for instance, if you're a Black woman and you got a baby and you live in the hood, and 40 blocks this way and 40 blocks that way is struggle. Mm-hmm. But there's a poverty, there's a little poor white neighbor down the block where it's not as violent. You know, there might be a museum not far. Yeah. You know, I used to think yeah. about the East Village, for instance, it was mm-hmm. really cheap at one time to live there, rather than live. On the corner where they're selling water, you know what I mean? And it's dust, or, you know, or Heron or whatever, it's the same price to live in the East Village at one point. Go there. There's a there's a museum on the corner. Mm-hmm. And also, being bust was a phenomenon that made a difference. Now, you know, it's Chris Rock's friends, Jerry Seinfeld. I've seen him in the same bar. He's on the boat with ne- Vivi Nevo and Rick Rubin is his man. So him and Rick hang out together. They're both weirdos. Mm-hmm. I love them <laughs> both. But Chris Rock, Gets along with everybody. It's part of his success story. It's relationships. And I think that a lot of us in the black community don't have relationships. Mm. you know. And I don't like the segregation in Hollywood. And we accept it as our, as, as our destiny. Like, you're a black comedian. You have the plane. You go to Hollywood. You go to the commie store. You say, I'll see you on Chocolate Sunday, nigga. I'll see you on More Better Monday, depending on you know, Laugh Factory or mm-hmm. Terrible Tuesday. or And the black promoter has a black knight. He don't integrate his knight. Mm -hmm. He don't start to, by example, change Hollywood. Exactly. He accepts his role. The black agent, he's the black agent. Only one or two. There's no black agent. Mm -hmm. Nobody black running nothing. But the black agent, he's funny too because he takes the black client. And by him not integrating, by him not going next door and hanging out with Norman Lear, by him riding instead down the block to hang out with the other black eight, by him being limited in, in his view, when Denzel gets hot, Denzel's like, "Nigga, I can You know, I can't stay with you. You don't have exactly. relationships with the powers that will help me with my career." Exactly. So then Denzel got to leave the black agent. He ain't black no more. Mm-hmm. Will Smith got to say, "You know, I love you. Thanks for helping me early. Nigga, you are limited in your capacity to in relationships and your So, network so is, your network is and limited, small and you're yeah. dead." So this happens to our black uh executives who accept their role as the nigga in the bunch. Mm-hmm. And and this is something that's kind of ingrained in us. And it's, it works perfectly for the infrastructure because you can't blame the executive who won't put him in that role, nor can you blame somebody who won't hire somebody they don't know. Mm-hmm. Just because you see a nigga walking by you in the office don't mean he's your man. That's a fact. And if you're just an intern at an office, you got to go fucking babysit for the chairman's daughter. You know what I mean? Go over to the chairman's house and mm-hmm. babysit. Be friendly with the wife. Yep, you know what I mean. Get in where you fitting because that's that's, that's exactly. a part of your network. You they exactly. become a friend. They they hire a friend. Exactly. It's hard to hire somebody just because he's. We need a black executive, and a nigga come in. And say, he went to law school, and he be the worst nigga too. Always <laughs> the nigga they hire be the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker on the planet. He just happened to be non-confrontational and academically and, and, good. Yeah, and had some some a little bit of education and. They, they hired a lawyer to run RCA records. I remember with was RCA years ago. Mm-hmm. First black executive, black music at RCA. Hired a lawyer who knew nothing about music. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge. Why the white man met me, I spoke English. He gave me a job. He don't know who's culturally uh, in space to do it. He don't know nothing. because if, But if he was me, like me, they would expect that Russell knows something about black culture. And I'm there. I go there. I didn't go to Hollywood to be told I'm a nigga. i got a Holocaust project. The only reason HBO is not doing that project right now mm-hmm. is because it's expensive in a month. It's, it's a very good project and a good book that I optioned. And I can't make it because I realize it's 13 episodes about it. And, and, and even the Jews are like another Holocaust, but it's so well done. It's so well written. So I took it on as a project. But the point I am making is that I'm not going to let them tell me I'm a nigger. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I never did. And I, uh, I, and I want us, all of us to accept opportunity because it's knocking because they are looking for diversity. The senior people really want a nigga to hire. Him. I don't know you. I can't hire you, nigga. Mm-hmm. You and, and you haven't. Why don't you come to my wife's dinner? Why don't you ask if you ain't invited? You know, just rub rub shoulders, <laughs> do something. Let me ask you this: How do you feel about the Black Lives Matters movement? I'm very very supportive of it. I'm niggas. They helped build the march that the minister, mm-hmm. the minister put on. Yeah. Uh, I love the. Black How do you feel Lives... about
0: them fighting on, on Twitter over <sighs> money? Sean King, Nelly, oh, D-Ray. That. What are they fight over? They was on Twitter. They were saying Sean King was stealing money, like from he, uh, stuff that was getting donated and well funds you
2: know, and um, I don't know what level of corruption there is in that um organization, um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but I know that the overall impact on society has been dramatic. Yeah, yeah, I important. definitely. So, I love. So I, love I, that. I know they want to pick apart our brothers as they do their work, and I know some of what they charged them with could be true. Mm-hmm. But overall, they've been very, very good. You know who I really love? They didn't get as famous. I mean, we put the shirt on LeBron. My man Mike Scolding put the shirt, snuck the shirt in the, you know, mm-hmm. the work that's done, we were very in- instrumental from our own office as well. So Black Lives Matter built a brand, and it became, and they also have done a lot of excellent work, and a lot of really smart people have joined them. Mm-hmm. Not only the revolutionaries who are angry, but the lawyers, and they have a very strong, that's good. Of, no, I'm always uh, proud of that. that I
0: didn't like I didn't like that they was like I don't really I'm not really an advocate for Sean King, but I didn't like that they was coming at Sean King on a like a public forum, you know, on Twitter and stuff. I was like, Y'all could have handled that you exactly. know on a on a call. Like now y'all making, you know, the they, movement look you understand what I'm saying?
2: I agree with your hypothetical. But for it to story. just be
0: started and you make it look sloppy, you know what I mean? They, they want us already to be that. So for you to Give off that type of, exactly. you know, I was like, that was wrong. You know right. what I mean? I didn't like that.
2: But I'm going to tell you, I like, I like Harry Belafonte uh, has that group, you know, Justice League. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tamika Maori and all those girls involve um, uh, Mother Justice, Milady Justice, the Latino girl. And uh, they just real. that's why Minister Farrakhan was talking about the LGP. P, I can never think of all the letters, but he spoke perfectly about the gay community. He was great the way he did it, cause you know you never seen a, a Muslim minister say such nice things about the gay community. Yeah. And then he pointed to all the ministers, he blew them up. He's like, which one of y'all don't have a girl? He said something crazy, and I'm looking at these niggas. I know their wives are there, like, <laughs> and there were all these ministers on the podium. Flanagan was there. They were all there. I don't know Fl- I don't know who Flanagan's fucking, but what he said <laughs> to the ministers about which of you are, w- are without sin. Stand up. And, you know, everybody sit down, right? Because that minister always said, which of you is without sin? And they all stand. So he said, you know, uh, to our gay brothers and sisters, thank you for being here. To our Indians, to our Palestinians. It was a very uh, um, multiracial, multicultural, especially, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, march, which was the first of of its kind, you know. And it was big. Mm -hmm. It's a million people. Anybody talk about it? If I show you a picture, my nigga, you would not believe the number of black people and people who showed up. For that march, without media support, mm. that, so it Where was, was this. It was, was like this? in October the 20th anniversary of the million Man March.
0: Oh oh yeah, yeah, I missed it. I was in Atlanta. Did you see the I, I, I of wanted to of yeah, the man. They gave it no I mean. media
2: coverage, man No media coverage. But it still, you know, was part of building out all the movements that are happening now, because everybody came, and it was a beautiful speech. You know, always it's like a church servant, the minister mm. inspires, they go home, um, his instructions. Well, in part, useful because it's just another reminder not to shop. So Black Lives Matter shut down a few malls, let them Mm -hmm. know that we could do this. I personally would have chosen a few corporations that we know have been very, you know, haven't been good in terms of diversity, have been really bad to the black community, but have Mm -hmm. made money on the black community. And then I would have shut them down. But I was too busy dealing with Rush Card to even get involved in a corporate fight at that time. Yeah. The
0: Rush Card, man. What happened with that? Because people blame you. Yeah, of course. I, I don't. People I, blame I, you. I, They're I, like
2: you pressed the button and said "fuck everybody." Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I love you for that question. <clears throat> um, it was a moment, a couple of days where a uh, hundred thousand people or so did not have their money. Within two days, it was down to you know five or six or eight. We don't know the exact number, and then it took a long time for some people, as many as a couple thousand people, to get their money. And it, it was a very difficult time for me. If you ever have 2,000 niggas mad at you on Instagram (laughs) and you know that you're guilty, you know what I mean, because I'm in charge. Yeah. Even though there are multi-hundred million-dollar companies that are involved in processing and and doing the work and the mistake was not from our office or any of the couple of hundred employees that we have, Mm -hmm. um, it's Rush Card, my name. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that the people that are more guilty will help us to build out some innovation for the community. In other words, say if you're guilty. Say yeah. behind the scenes, you're paying little bills. You're trying to help everything get normal because mm-hmm. everything is working perfectly. I lost my gold star mm-hmm. in the top five companies of the 1,000 whatever number of companies that do what we do. I, was in the, I had the gold star from the consumers union. You can't buy that. Yeah, I lost that. I'm going to get it back. Mm-hmm. But So we are a very special company with a good infrastructure and good partners. One of our good partners is more guilty than the next. So they have so much power that maybe they can help me on some of my innovation. Mm-hmm. I want people. When you swipe your card, I want you to get credit. If you're paying your rent on your Rush card for ten years, why the fuck can't you have a mortgage? Mm-hmm. You ought to have a mortgage. So that uh, credit building process that FICO will not accept our data. Does it? Does it really work? Because I hear
0: a lot of people say the Rush card is bullshit.
2: Well, you know, niggas don't like to say anything, but you know, we built the whole. I built that industry. Mm-hmm. And it's a new form of banking, and I built it. And uh, we're amongst the cheapest, but it's really what you do. If you pay 5.95 a month, uh, niggas spend way more than that fucking with banks. But if you pay that and you have card-to-card transfer, and you get your money two days before your check clears, mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of different services we provide, and we do it as cheaply as possible. We make very little margin, but it's a big company. I mean, it's for what it is. You know, I mean, the bigger the company. Uh, is not going to make the margin go down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We, have, we do not have a big margin in our business, and we don't charge a lot of money, and we are very effective. And again, we had a gold standard for those who really study the business. Mm. So niggas say the rush card is bullshit. Don't have a rush card. That, a lot of that, you know, if you have a rush card and you know that you get your money on Wednesday instead of Friday and you know that it it works 100% uh, with the exception of that terrible fallout. Like, this company is 10 years old. We built this industry. There are many people who follow us. Mm-hmm. People have an idea; they can't have an idea for a second without me stealing it. In other words, if somebody decides, here's what we could do with their check capturing. Mm-hmm. You know, Chase came out check capturing. Man, they couldn't capture two checks before I had check capturing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we take a photo of the check. And, you know what I mean? It's on the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't have it for a second without me stealing whatever the innovation is. But most of the innovation in this business came from me. Yeah. And the new innovation that still has to come needs support. And so some of my new partners may feel compelled because they I took all the bricks alone. They ain't, ain't catching no bricks. They were mm. quiet. So while they're quiet, I'm thinking, you niggas are going to work with me, which they're happy to do, I think. Still working on it. To help me to do more good things for the community. Got to put you on Snapchat. Right, I would hate to... <laughs> you have to get in a lawsuit with a company, you know, with $100 billion.
0: Yeah, man, I got, I'm the juice guard, man. I really, just shout out to Styles P, man. Styles P That's really. That's my nigga. I love Styles him. P, I love man, what they gave doing me a the speech, community. and he really made me start juicing, you know what I mean? Oh, Styles P got you started. Yeah, he started oh. me, man. I I told him that day I was going to start, and I never stopped. Oh, and, cause I the and I learned a difference, and I feel a difference in energy, how I feel, my skin, my hair, everything. It's a difference. So I just, I want to eat like, healthy that now. much
2: green vegetables. It's cleansing you. It's creating a whole different dynamic in your body. The next thing you got to do, my brother, just like he told you something, all the animal product is bullshit. The salmon got more fucking antibiotics in it than you would ever believe. Yeah? The salmon is what, full like, of antibiotics. What about the
0: fish, man? Because I love fish, I just man. said the
2: salmon. Because they they're farming up, them, right? The farmed salmon, which is almost the all the tilapia. Salmon. Uh, all of this shit, either you got too much mercury and poison from the ocean Mm -hmm. or you got all the antibiotics and Prozac and crap that they put in in there and they have all kind of growth. Now the president just signed that you don't have to tell nobody about a GMO. Mm -hmm. In China, they tell you you got GMOs, you got genetically modified foods are labeled in China, in fucking Russia, all over Europe, Australia, you know, anything you can think of, they tell you it's GMO. In America, you don't have to say it. But the United States of America. Right. And then on top of that, Nobody can make food the way Americans make food, the way the factories birth these foods into suffering and stuff them. Chicken got so much Prozac in it. My nigga, Prozac? You can't get have Prozac. You have a doctor for Prozac. He's like, well, what's wrong with you? He'll interview you for an hour before you Prozac. But you know what's funny about that? Once they discovered that they had to give him the Prozac and it worked, they said, oh, shit, you give him Prozac. It gets fatter. Give him more Prozac. So now they get bigger. And that means you make more money. So when they stop, and also antibiotics makes the chicken fatter. Exactly. So they make more money. So give them a lot of antibiotics, a lot of Prozac, whatever. Slow so the metabolism down, they gain weight. Exactly. It's so it's a terrible thing what we do. To our people by poisoning. I could call this book instead of call it the Happy Vegan. No, it should be called that. I was the tweeting about it of yesterday, America. and I was like, "This shit is
0: scary." Like this book fucking scared me. Like I'm like, "Fuck this bullshit." Yeah, you like, don't want to eat none of that. We are gonna become farmers because we don't even know what's organic no more unless we grow it. Definitely don't
2: know that. You know That's, what
0: I mean? Do you, uh, how do you feel about that? You don't have a farm. You should have a farm. Oh
2: well, my god! You know I got I got a lot of work to do, man. I can't, you know. <laughs> You know all this civil rights work that we still got to do. All of these, you know, prison reform. We got to get the president to sign some bills before he leaves the office. We got to yeah. elect a new president that might help us further our people's cause. I got all Deaf digital as a full time job. All them young niggas that work with me every day. I mm-hmm. love doing that. All Deaf Digital's on fire.
0: I'm, I'm coming over there. Y'all do a lot of movies. All def I'm digital making. gonna get with tax Stone.
2: Broadway show I'm making. Mm-hmm. I got fucking a rap opera. I'm getting ready to shoot. Which is just rap verses. I remember Sticky Fingers made that movie. Mm-hmm. I got one like that, but it's a much greater story. It's really well written. Sticky wrote it, and a lot of stars are in it. And I got so I'm in Hollywood. I'm doing Hollywood shit, telling stories. Mm-hmm. I got six or seven shows in development. I'm shooting a deaf comedy jam mm-hmm. for HBO, um, a pilot. Because nice. every Wednesday I have I put comics on stage, and it just makes me mad to see how many great black comics don't get a break. Yeah, and they give cornballs all the jobs. Yeah, they give you know they're not bad. I don't think Keenan Peel are bad at all. Mm-hmm. I just think niggas didn't choose them. Niggas don't choose none of the comedians no more. And so there's so many great black comedians who are hot around the country but don't get a break in mainstream America. And I think it's my job to kind of facilitate their growth. We got to uh, get Kid Fury on there. Oh, man. I know. I know, baby. She's mad. I got to get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> Russell right. Simmons got to motherfucking go to Dr. Oz. Ain't this a motherfucking bitch? All right, I'll see y'all later, man. All right, man. Come back, though, man. Yeah, come all back right. all the time. All right. Appreciate you, man. And to wrap up the show a final word from Avant when you need to borrow money why wait Borrow through Avant today and get funds that could be in your account as soon as tomorrow. And Avant will give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after you make your first payment on time. Go to avantoffer.com and enter promo code TAXSEASON. That's A-V-A-N-T, offer.com, promo code TAXSEASON. Loans made by WebBank are generally deposited via ACH for delivery next business day. If approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday... Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Avant. This episode of Tax Season featuring Tax Stone is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by Chris Morrow, and engineered by none other than Samir Karam.